Yes. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Controls and Couches. I am one half of the duo, the Full Metal Chicken, and you are Steph. The Steph, and Fafa. on yeah, Steph. Fafa. It has been a week since our last meeting. And a lot has happened. Yes. In said week. Yes, it's been rather crazy, to say the least, and essentially. Social media is going crazy. Everything is going Rightly crazy. So, to be um, honest. so, all in all, um, in case you hadn't missed it, um, America is currently under duress. Um, the people of America are under I duress. Think it's a lot more than just the people and it's of America. Been though. a I long time coming. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you know, I've been hearing the phrase a lot past the mic um, because essentially, I, how am I to. Well, we understand. originally weren't going to record a yeah. podcast episode this week, um, but then we thought that, well, we live in Australia, as, if, as yeah. if everyone didn't know from the sound of our voices, and we have very closely been following everything, and what we noticed is that a lot of um, petitions that have been going out for people that have been killed either by police brutality or other cases that should have the opportunity to be reopened and revisited or have an inquiry about. There are literally thousands upon thousands of petitions that you can be signing right now. And so we thought, what if we decided to focus an episode for a few weeks on what one person that represents a petition? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, We're not here to be clickbaity. No. Or anything like that. Um, our timestamps and everything will be in the description. Uh, the change or petition will be in the description. The Facebook memorial page of the person we'll be talking about will be in the description. Um, but yeah, we just thought if we can do something, it'd be better than... Not no. that I'm saying we have this ginormous platform with 5 billion listeners a yeah. week. But if even just one person listens and... We convince you to sign the petition. That would yeah, be yeah, that'd be helpful. Yeah. So um, yeah. Anything new with you? Um, I finished Ghost Flight by um. You actually finished Google. it? Yeah, I finished it. Did you good reads it? Um, I haven't good reads it yet. Um, and it was good timing because the other two books came in. Um, so I'm gonna continue through that. Um, yeah, that should be good. But um. Apart from that, it's just, you know, I've been busy with work, so obviously game time has been down, but it's more a case of... It's there just are bigger problems. Bigger problems. So, um, yeah, you won't be hearing me complaining about COD for once, um, but we kind of... It was a case of I can't change it, so I'm just going to focus on what I need to do outside, you know, the TV, because... There's no, I've also noticed too, the interesting thing, um, and this falls into what have I been up to, I've noticed at work there's been a few people coming in and I've actually talked to a few other people. What they're doing is, I don't know whether they're someone or a group of people are trying to start something in Australia. But, oh, it already has. And when, I think it was, was it Queensland? We'll continue on and I'll figure out what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. Um, so... People coming in to workplaces and asking people where they stand on a certain matter. 
There is only at this point in time one right answer. Yeah. And that is to say that you stand with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And obviously we have to actually lead with, look, you're asking well, questions. you're a corporation. Yeah. Um, and with the amount of people your company employs, it is very different and your safety could be quite compromised. Compromised, exactly. So you have actual legal things that your company yeah. has made so you say. I've actually so. been informed that, you know, I have to tread very carefully, but I have to remain neutral. And essentially there's been times where I've said, look, under the banner of my company, you know, I don't speak for them. But my the views t- and opinions are my own. I don't my own alone. But we're not yeah. here to discuss my views and opinions. I'm here to do a job and I'm here to assist you with, you know, you everything mean? else. Yeah. That is the only answer to that question. At this, I'm not taking sides. I'm here to do a job because if I start, you know, delving into propaganda, I'm, I say propaganda in the sense that because some That's people, how idiots out here take it. Yeah. Especially the very boganish, which is the version, if you're from America, that's the redneck. Yeah. Comp- like comparison in Australia and it not to say that you're not saying how fucking dare you suggest Mm. no it's basically me just not only one protecting myself protecting also the customers the customers because are of color exactly because I mean obviously I I deal with you know people from many demographics you know varying ethnicity and I treat everyone exactly the same, you know? So at the end of the day, I have to be extremely professional and I try and do that whether I'm at work or I'm not at work. But seeing how some people are just acting in public at the moment, it is dangerous to voice an opinion. And it's companies as well, which yeah. we're going to get into later. There yeah. are so many companies being cancelled yeah. and literally just ripped apart. Um I guess we should start with, first of all, one company being Activision. I should say Activision, yeah. Blizzard, and um, what's the other part of it? Yeah. I can't remember what the three companies making this thing are, but um, they... See, I've had I've heard conflicting reports of this. And originally, Activision decided that they... They gave us, I think it was 12 hours notice, and they said um, season four would be re-scheduled. Um, yeah. And then I... And everyone was saying, that's really good. I'm glad you're taking a stance. They put statements out saying, while we all look forward to playing the new season of Modern Warfare, Warzone and Call of Duty Mobile, now is not the time. We are moving the launches um, to a later date. Right now it's time for those speaking up for equality, justice and change to be seen and heard. We stand alongside you. I would like to say that that's them taking a stand. They have completely... Any game you log into now, you get a statement that comes up on your screen between lobbies um, on the bottom right where they normally advertise stuff that's happening in the schedule. Black Lives Matter is there. Um, So I'd like to think it's all legitimate but i've also heard a conflicting report that they were concerned that um with all the protests happening um that they wouldn't get the numbers that they wanted exactly and in case anyone has forgot that we've been also been you know still in the middle of a pandemic essentially the well we're using call of duty as As an an example example. because um everyone's at home of course you know, everyone's going to be playing the game. It's been the most popular. Um, 
series for them. And essentially, looking at that, it point of view, they also go into why and you know they've been having issues with the game, but also the demand on the actual game has resulted in massive profit because the season pass people are just spending cash out the wazoo to get this so why else there's no other real as well as the um packs that you can purchase yeah people like, how much you estimated there 20 30 there's heaps for like all the little skins yeah, and skins, all the operator skins yeah. gun skins um the the purple what do they call it traces. traces yeah traces there was so, green pack and stuff obviously if you go through and you go to one level like level 155 you can potentially get enough credit to unlock the next season pass for free for free now obviously there are things you can't buy which are you know completion ribbons and everything for tasks so obviously that's why i'm shitty but point in case um companies for instance as you mentioned before the ones that are actually supporting blm You've got Sony, you've got 343 Industries, Warner Brothers, Bethesda, Xbox, Naughty Dog. Um, they're some of the big ones that are supporting it. But like you were saying, they're making so much bank off this particular release that they're not going to start pushing out the money flow because I guarantee you, as soon as Black Ops 5's drop, uh, dropping, this is going to take attention away from this. And they don't want to remove attention from well, this. Well, allegedly, that's also... Apparently, Season 4 was going to have... So, um, PlayStation 5, we announced, we spoke on the podcast, they were going to have a release, like a press conference that was going to happen yesterday. And the idea was that they were going to also showcase um, the new Call of Duty, the 2020 Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's going to be called Cold War. Or something or other. Um, is it the Cold War of Vietnam? Anyway. No, it's Cold War because people have gone through. Um, so it's Cold War. That, so, can we just talk a timeline? Yep. So that happened and then allegedly they were going to show Call of Duty in there. And then they were going to have in season four, they were going to obviously have the whole press release, um, pre-order, and they were going to incorporate some of the things that were going to be shown in the new Call of Duty in this new statement and then they also said that's why they pushed it back but then i think it was about 48 hours ago or so someone released the pre-alpha alleged alleged pre-alpha footage of um the new call of duty the 2020 game yeah and people were like oh no this is fake this isn't real until activision and treyarch started shutting everything down and started dcmaing yeah all their stuff and we were looking at it going... So someone actually went through and the um, what you see, the asset, is in a, um, a, a tank manufacturing facility. Yep. And that tank that you see being made is a North Korean tank. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too because we were looking at some of the map work on it and some of the camping spots it's like even though a lot of the stuff is still pre-rendered but you look at it and you go okay someone's either they're trying to test the waters or someone has done well apparently all of the esports players were contacted by Treyarch because they wanted to ask them what they wanted to see in the game in terms of um, competitive 
Yes. Um, and so they were all reached out to, and they had some feedback to give to Treyarch. So yeah, I don't know. But, um, um, yeah, so essentially... Do. I'd like to think it's for a good reason. Yeah, you'd like it, to think, but... You can never be too sure. Never to be sure. So obviously we err on the side of caution stating that. It could be just, you know... Oh, say, look, I'm but, not going to defame a company that... I am very reluctant to support people who only have these statements when... For example, it's just like um, Pride Month. Yeah. I'm very reluctant to support companies that all of a sudden for one month of the year decide they want to have a rainbow logo. Yeah. I'm very reluctant to support a company that all of a sudden has changed their logo to black. Yeah. Just for, you know... To not be, quote-unquote, yeah. cancelled. Now, also, too, um, don't... Like, if you are listening to this, don't take this the wrong way. As much as we are heavily, you know, hardcore gamers, at the end of the day, we realise at the moment gaming is taking a, a, a back step, rightly so, because at the end of the day, we're complaining about lag. There are people, are, you know, are trying to survive, and there's a but chance not that... be killed for not be killed for their just appearance. existing. Um, so we do, you know, see what's going on, so that's why, at the end of the day, we can't... I can't complain about gaming. You know, America's about to go martial law, hypothetically. Yeah. All right, I guess that should so, lead us into the um, actual weekly news. Yeah. Um, obviously the first thing we want to talk about, and we will link the Black Lives Matter card, which lists all the petitions, all the places you can donate to. From what I understand, they're regularly up, um, uploading it. There is just so much bullshit. And it's gotten to the point where if you don't have a camera recording what's happening, um, you can't prove the police wrong. Right. It's just... Very, very scary. And also, too, just seeing what, you know, is happening and the amount of people... Well, Shirley didn't give a rat's ass until uh, a white woman was shoved by the cops. And then all of a sudden... And then all of a sudden the Prime Minister's like, oh, we need to, um, you know, it needs to be addressed. And then the American ambassador to Australia was allegedly trying to, you know, say some shit to apologize and whatever apparently it happened two or three other times um but what about the african-american news reporter who was standing at the front was asked the police before they started their broadcast is it okay if we stand here can you direct us to where you would like us to you know broadcast live from and then he just got arrested it's pathetic there's live on air yeah just well, you're doing a great cause. Like, way to go. Just, you know, they've approached peacefully. They've just tried to do their jobs. And then, you know, straight away, it's escalated. Everyone, there are people who are just trying to get, you know, the facts out, trying to de-escalate the situation because a lot of people are trying to de-escalate this as best they can because if this does not de-escalate, this is... This is going really, really, really bad. And essentially... But the thing is, it's not... The people who are, quote-unquote, doing the right thing are just peaceful protesters. Yeah. They're not there... They're not trying to escalate anything. It takes... It's fucking despicable that you have to protest in the first place. In the middle... To protest at all, let alone in a pandemic, to have your voice be heard. 
and you know it shouldn't be and that people much of a whether struggle. they be idiots um the looters for example or um and then the police who are actually smashing and the national guard and they're setting out bricks to make it look like the peaceful protesters are there to fuck up property and loot. It's just so much bullshit. And freedom of the press is... That will go away. That, that will cut that. And see, here's the thing. Once you... You know how you hear stories where um, journalists... Will be silenced. Have a... It's like a clause where their informants are anonymous, mm-hmm. in a sense. So they, they, they're protected. They don't have they to give sources. up their sources. So what that would do, if if there's no freedom of information for journalists, it's going to be controlled and everything. But that's the thing; they will shut it down. Yeah. How many, you just knock down the power? You just knock down the radio towers. Then there's no radio. Yeah. You shut down all the news stations. Every the country's blind. You will knock out the internet, and that's it. What'll yeah. be left? Phone lines. Send faxes. Send help. SOS. Yeah. I don't know. Dark times. Um, before we continue on, I just want to... Because I don't know how it would fit with the rest of the thing, but I just wanted to give a recap about... Um, I promise this is the only detour we're going to take away from the Black Lives Matter thing today. Um, and that's the Storfer family about little Huxley that we talked about last week, yeah. um, where his, quote-unquote, uh, parents rehomed him like he was a dog, even though you wouldn't rehome a dog that you adopted. But what the fuck are we going to talk about? So I went on his TikTok, and I want to share some comments... Dang. Oh, so the dad has Storfer Garage, which is, he is a car, like it's his personal company and he's a car detailer. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, he says, dang, this person says, dang, I hope you don't rehome these cabinets. So he was giving a house, to a garage tour of his setup. This was last week, like yep. four or five days ago. And someone says, dang, I hope you don't rehome those cabinets after three years. Hashtag justice for Huxley. Mm. So you have the money for this, but not a human being. He's hoping your business tanks. Was it a dream come true, giving away your adoptive child? If only you took care of your son like you take care of your house and people's cars. So you guys giving all the donors back their money? Or did you use it to install all those cabinets? Jeez. That's just one video. Yeah. Um... Can you make a detailing video on how to give back your adopted son because he has too many problems? Far out. Uh, make sure you let Target, Huggies, Suave, Tide, LG, Canada Dry know you will shop, will not shop their family products until they cut ties with this family. Um, and then someone's gone, oh, it's a fantastic product. Too bad you can't uh, make all clean, shine, and look silky smooth. And then, um, and it just goes on and on and on. Magic trick. See how I disappear my adopted special needs son. There's some very unhappy people, rightly so. And you know what? They should get Sir, shut down. I need to speak to the manager. I need to return this child. He watches me while I eat and I don't like it. Imagine, you know, oh, okay. So your kids are playing with toys and one, you know accidentally leaves it outside you know oh geez we better return this one well um apparently everyone has obviously cancelled her everyone she's losing she's bleeding hemorrhaging subscribers she is buying followers on her social media accounts um so 
Yeah, um, apparently, uh, according to People magazine, multiple companies have revealed that they're no longer partnering with the family, um, including Paytex Baby, which said that um, their last kind of like uh, sponsored post with them was back in February, and they're not going to partner with her moving forward. Uh, Danimals announced that they had ended the partnership and said on their own Instagram feed, we have previously worked with... Um, Mika and are no longer working with her. We're aware of the news she has shared about her family and are very sad to hear about this difficult situation. Um, the other night I was watching the Dad Challenge podcast and he covered this story and he was talking about, again, that comment where the husband was like, uh, where she commented on the Facebook page about adopting kids, um, disabled kids, and she remember how we read it out and she was like, oh, it drives my husband bonkers. When he st- he stared at while being while he's yeah. eating because Huxley did that, and so this guy from the Dad Challenge podcast, this is his quote: um, "My kids watch me on the toilet." Yeah, they want to know everything. That uh, sometimes I look at it and go, "Children are like pets; they want to know what you are doing." And, and they just dogs, want to follow you. They just want to shadow I mean, you. We don't have dogs, but dogs are notorious. For shadowing. Shadowing. They will shadow and they will look and they will also mimic. Same with budgies and cockatoos. They will mimic. Anyway, we're not talking about a pet. We're talking no, in about the sense a human that that child, child. Wanted to learn. Wanted to see. Wanted to who, be involved. Dude, who cares? It who shouldn't be a cares? problem. They should. It's have... your child. Exactly. It's just because it didn't drop out of your wife's. It's not your wife's fucking crotch fruit. Does it mean you love it any less? You committed to bringing that child. Do you know how damaging that must be on a psyche? Yeah. Not only are you with a different family, you're literally on a different part of the world yeah. now. What they should have done was if they'd said, okay, look, we need to take a break from all social media and everything to try and... That's the case. Okay, yeah, we understand that. Focus on the task at hand. Focus on improving... Well, allegedly... Um, they must have done it in-house because people were reporting this whole thing to the Delaware County Sheriff's Office. Jeez. Right? And they put out, they had to put out a statement to E! News and they said, we have received several inquiries regarding the welfare of a local child placed for adoption. Um, and this child is not missing because people are like, where is this child? Because uh, apparently, I don't know if this is true, but allegedly in the US, when a child enters the adoption system, you can track their name because it's a government database, oh, if that makes sense. Yep. And so people had put that in and he was not appearing anywhere. They contacted um, adoption agencies within that region of the United States and what they realized is his name is not in any system, which means that it was done privately. Right? So they bypassed DHS. Well, they, remember how they said that um, they were... His new mummy is has medically trained and shit like that. I found out that Mika is also a nurse. She's a registered nurse. Yeah, but go. whatever. Anyway, so the main reason why we spoke about this on the podcast is because I asked you guys to sign the change or petition, and apparently she copped so much fucking flack, people spammed her content management, um, the company that represents her, that she actually deleted everything. I went through his Instagram, there are no pictures of Huxley on her Instagram, um, and all the videos that were in a playlist about his adoption are gone. Wow. So, like a private it. Cleaned house. 
Yeah, so um, then I went to the change your petition and they put out a episode, they put out an update, I should say, on the 3rd of June saying Mika has removed all pictures of Huxley and set all videos of his ad- adoption on her YouTube channel to private and will no longer generate revenue. She's lost several sponsorships as well. Investigations are currently underway with local authorities to ensure Huxley was placed somewhere safely. So, yeah, if you sign, thank you. Anyway, um, back into companies and dickheads being racists right number one we have leah michelle um she was one of the main characters on the cast of glee i don't want to say i always felt like i knew something was wrong with her but i didn't vibe with her right and apparently she posted some fucking dog ass thing about um you know white life sorry black lives matter and past castmates actually went in and said that well let me read it um i shouldn't actually have it on the show notes but pretty much said me paraphrasing that she wouldn't she made so she's a black african-american actress and she worked on the she she wasn't like a full cast member if that was you know what I mean? Like, she wasn't one of the main cast of the show, but she had a few se- like a few episodes back to back. And apparently Leah had told her that she was going to shit in her wig. Holy shit. And it made life a living hell for this poor woman. Yeah. And she questioned whether she wanted to be an actress or not because of Leah. Far out. Um, I thought I had put the actual quote in there, but I'm a fucking idiot. Because um, I put the screenshots straight in. Oh, okay. So this is from uh, Sammy Ware, Samantha Ware. She goes, Alan, if I, uh, my, uh, sorry, Leah Michelle posted, George Floyd did not deserve this. This is not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then um, Samantha Ware was like, laughing my ass off. Remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. Yeah, that's unacceptable. And then apparently she made a statement saying, like she made, you know, the typical notes app screen grab bullshit um, that celebrities do. And they post it to their Twitters and their Instagrams. She did that. It was like three snapshots long. Um, but obviously that's not going to correct anything. Um, and one grab that I want to talk about is where she said, whether it was my privileged position and perspective that caused me to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was just my immaturity and me just being unnecessarily difficult, I apologise for my behaviour and for any pain which I have caused. We can all grow and change, and I have definitely used these past several months to reflect on my own shortcomings. No, you dumb bitch. It's not a, what did she say? Uh, insensitive or inappropriate. Well, it is inappropriate, but it's way past inappropriate. Yeah, way, It's way, way, way past, past uh, you being difficult and immature. Just If a four-year-old knows not to be racist and treats everyone equally, how the fuck can a nearly 30-year-old bitch not do that? I don't know. But that's my personal opinion. I think someone's going to take a, you know, a little bit of a pay cut now. No one will work with her. No. Um, not that I think she had any big jobs after Glee anyway. No. She's, anyway. 
Um, now we're going to talk about how Book Outlet got dismantled in all of less than five hours. So um, if you're not, well, I'm Australian, so let me talk about that from my perspective. The Book Outlet is supposed to be, um, it's, it's like a discount bookstore, but there's nothing wrong with the books, if that makes sense. Yep. And they're supposed to be ultra cheap. For example, say that um, I wanted to buy a copy of... Um, a quarter, a quarter of Miss, uh, Harry Potter, right? Yeah. I could get a book for as cheap as American $2.07. Which is good. If you're in the US you have to, or Canada, if you spend 35 bucks or more, you get free shipping. But for everywhere else, that's where the money is made because you're spending 20 bucks Australian to get it shipped to you with the conversion, not including the conversion yep. of the book itself. So I never used it, but... It used to be one of those really big booktube companies. It paired with a lot of booktubers, like the big ones. Um, and so what they established was the vlogger friends community. And over the course, I think since like five or six years, what they had was a list of people that worked with them on a regular basis. They had a web page dedicated to the people that they worked with and obviously linked their social medias and their YouTube channels and whatnot. These people would get kickbacks for promoting the company, obviously contracts and so on and so forth and whatever rewards program they got. And, con you know, they also get a salary, not a salary, but they would get paid money. From, would it be 2000 3000 4000 5000 They would get paid money for obviously being um, agreeing to promote the company. And so... What people noticed when all this read, sorry, when all this stuff was, shit, when shit was hitting the fan, people went onto the website, and the new tea is if a company is outright very white propagated, you need to question their motives, and so people did that for Book Outlet, and they realised that there was only one. Um, she's actually technically Afro-Hawaiian, but her name is well her channel is Naya Reads and Smiles and she's lovely I've been watching her for literal years and she's the only black woman person not just woman on this vlogger family list Jeez. and then people were saying um remember when we emailed them being book outlet to be vlogger friends because they only had one black girl but they never got back to us they didn't even need to have us as a vlogger friend any black creator would have been fine and then um book outlet gets on and says um pretty much that our vlogger friends are chosen based on engagement following and content we maintain a family-friendly appearance, so we do not sign on applicants who swear post-explicit content. Sorry, swear slash post-explicit content. Diversity is important, and we have been looking to round out our team of qualified men and women. And then people, the biggest booktubers, who happen to be white or white passing, such as uh, Clockwork Reader, who I believe is Persian, she passes as white, right? She fucking swears. Everyone fucking swears in their videos. And they said, I think you done fucked up because this isn't right. And I can tell my notes that I was going to talk about are wrong because half of the screenshots I put in from my phone aren't appearing. So I'm so sorry. So I have to switch to my phone because I want to read it out properly. And, um, oh, yeah, there is the screenshot that I wanted to talk about. 
And so people pretty much said, you're done fucked up. What are you talking about? Um, and everyone was tagging the booktubers on that post because what are you saying? That a person of colour isn't family friendly, um, just swears and is explicit. That's... A, right? Yeah. So Naya Reads and Smiles put out a whole video yesterday and she pretty much said that... Well, that she also tweeted, but the only reason why she estimates that they liked it is because she's white passing. Oh. Because the tone of her skin colour is lighter. Oh, so it was more family friendly. Quote, unquote. Right? So everyone tagged the biggest booktubers that we have known posts this... Like, promotes this company. And everyone was saying, like, I've called them or I haven't worked with them for years. I don't know why um, my my profile is still appearing on their vlogger friends page, so on and so forth. People were asking them to terminate their contract. Apparently, there's a small fee that you have to pay to terminate the um, contract with Book Outlet. But Naya said that they didn't ask for it when she did it. And apparently, everyone's just cancelling. People are trying to get their orders that are still to be shipped cancelled so they can have their money refunded. Yeah. Um, and again, they put out a... After all this shit had hit the fan, um, they can't. They deleted their vlogger friends page. So if you type in that link or you click that link, it takes you back to the book outlet homepage. So it's all and, on. Yeah, and they put out a second statement. Sorry, I don't know why it's not appearing on the notes, but it says, We hear you and we have taken your comments, messages and emails to heart. We want to make it clear that we absolutely stand with the black community and we are incredibly sorry for the hurt that was caused by comments made that indicated otherwise. And they go on to acknowledge that there were there are opportunities to make changes to better reflect their genuine belief, which is what they're proud to have an incredible customer base of smart, courageous and wonderfully diverse readers. They're going to reassess their vlogger friend program and the recruitment process. They're going to enhance their website so that books representing the black community can be easily located. Um, and they're going to be more promotion of those titles made by black creators or authors. Um, and so on and so forth. And then they're allegedly emailing back all of their vlogger friends and people that are on this list and replying to people's emails. And they're giving them the exact same token email response, but putting in the wrong person's name. Mm. So Naya's email from Naya Reads and Smiles, who said, get me off, I will not be your token black girl. Yeah. Right? They emailed another booktuber, Naya's email, with her name in the letterhead. Oh, shit. And so the person who got... You can see all this on Twitter. And so the person who got the email said, um, you done fucked up, I am not Naya Reads and Smiles. And then they're like... Yeah. And uh, so now I was like, I've read that my contract was terminated on Twitter. Not even, you know, yeah. that they responded to my contract termination on Twitter. Not even in an email addressed to me. But it was addressed to her, but it didn't go to her. Someone's going to get fired. Nobody can bloody organise their own shit. Muppets. Complete freaking Muppets. And then people were saying, I hope you're also going to be reevaluating your social media and marketing team and people are going to get fired Rightly for the so. error. And you know what? I don't have an issue with that. No. They fucked up. Um, and apparently, I don't want to talk about it because, again, token white girl, but apparently they found Madeline McCann, uh, the new prime suspect for Madeline McCann's disappearance. Um, apparently the guy was in the area 
in the hotel, area of the hotel the night that she went missing. Jeez. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, so is there anything you want to discuss before we actually jump into the reason for today's podcast episode? No. All right. Okay. Um, before I get into this, I when I present these things, I like to take both sides of the story. The Yes, um, it should be reevaluated. No, I think that, you know. So I like to present arguments for and against, if that makes sense. I allow you to take the direction that you want to take and whatnot, um, unless I have the fact to back up what it is I'm saying. Um, I try not to take a stance. But with this one, it is technically classified as solved. There is a petition for it because we want it to be reopened and we want there to be an inquiry. Again, please sign that change.org petition. Um, When I was researching this, I definitely did see the arguments for and the arguments against what the family are saying. However, the way the case was handled, um, the way that it was allegedly solved within 24 hours... I don't think that's good enough. No. They've already pulled out this person from the ground three times. Jeez. Um, I think that there is a... Regardless of whether the ruling was correct or not, there needs to definitely be an inquiry, especially about the place where the event occurred. Okay. Um, So, again, that was a whole long-winded bullshit statement to say... Um, I 110% support this case being reopened. I know it's classified that it is an accident, but I would consider it unsolved. Sorry, if that that made stupid sense. Okay. Um, Again, we debated whether we wanted to put an episode out this week, given the current black letter. Well, it shouldn't be current. It should always... It shouldn't have to exist, if that makes sense. I'd like to think that from this point forward, everyone is very Black Lives Matter. Um, And when the... Uh, authorities pretty much announced that they were going to charge George Floyd's murders. Um, everyone, again, started promoting all these petitions that were out there. And so I sort of thought, you know what, what if we um, spoke about for the next few, you know, why, what if we spoke about and highlighted sunlight into a different audience, Yeah. Um, these cases? So I just chose this one because um, it's closest to the target at the moment when I started doing this. Yeah. Um, so... Today we're going to talk about the case of Kendrick Johnson. Um, This case, again, is very on the fence with a lot of people. Some people trust the decision of the authorities that he did die via accident um, and that no one else was involved and that it wasn't a murder. On the other hand, a lot of people believe that it's still unsolved and that there was a massive cover-up. Again, bottom line, I'm very interested to hear what you all think. Please sign the petition. Um... For references, there are literal hundreds of articles on the web. There are a lot of Reddit threads that have very good timelines and they link their resources. So I was able to use those to either watch specific footage or read specific articles um, to make my own show notes, if that makes sense. I did look at the Wikipedia page because I went straight down to the references to get all the news articles that they reference and so on and so forth. Before we get into today's um, episode... Uh, obviously we're not here to minimize the pain and the loss for the family and people involved. If you've got any information regarding any criminal activity or you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please reach out to Crime Stoppers. Um, if you're able to donate, please do. Uh, there's also the trigger warning for today's episode because we're going to have to unfortunately discuss the death of a minor. Um, and again, we're not here to be disrespectful or anything like that. 
Uh, we're hoping that the family uh, can kind of get this case out there and hopefully we can present this in a different forum and a different circle of people and that this can get enough signatures to be brought up to the Supreme Court to ask them to take another look. Again, we're providing all links and numbers necessary for people to provide information uh, or sign their um, petition and so on and so forth. And again, this is going to be very graphic. Um, if you Google this case, please be warned that you will see images of Kendrick post-mortem um, and they're very disturbing and graphic. And so please be warned, from what I understand, the family released them themselves, not the police, because they wanted to uh, get the public's attention. Again, the change org will be listed down below. Okay. Um, we remember this case because we watched Kendall Ray's video about it a little while ago. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Kendrick Johnson, he was born on the 10th of October, 95. He was 17 years old and he was attending Lowndes High School in uh, Valcosta, sorry, Valdosta, George, Georgia, USA. His best friend, um, Solomon, described him as being quiet and shy. And you can, again, find a lot of pictures of him on the internet. And you can quite clearly tell he loves sport. Um, he played on school teams, especially basketball. And he wore the Vikings number 35. He was a three-star athlete. Um, I believe he played basketball, football, and wrestling as well. And that's a lot to keep up with. Oh, yeah. Um, he wanted to play pro ball. And, you know, get a scholarship and all of that. Um, so now I kind of need to set an unfortunate scene for you. Um, this is a lot different, again, to us Australian kids. Because when there is uh, winter break, it's the middle of the semester for us, right? But when it's summer break, um, during Christmas, we just go home and we don't have to go to school. And you get two to three months off. But in the US, you're in the middle of your semester. Um, so on the Wednesday, the 9th of January, 2013, kids had their first day back at Lowndes High School after Christmas break. Um, we've all been there. It's very chaotic. Um, imagine you're halfway through your semester, so you need to kind of get back into the swing of things. It's a lot harder to start from the beginning than it is to start. In, sorry, it's a lot harder to start in the middle than it is to start in the beginning of a school semester. Um, families are very busy. Teachers are obviously overwhelmed. Um, and schools as well. Um, now, one thing you need to know about the high school is that there are two gyms. There's the old gym and the new gym. And the school used the old gym to store equipment like wrestling mats in one corner of the room. Um, but it's still a very large space and kids played sports on there like basketball and all that kind of thing. So it's like an indoor basketball court. Uh, where was I going with this? So these mats, they're stored upright and they're about six feet or 1.83 meters tall and about three feet um, or 0.91 meters wide, right? And then um, the gap inside the mat when it's rolled up and tied, it looked to me, well, it was put in the, in the news later, but it's, imagine a donut hole like when the mat is rolled up, so the hole in the middle is about 17 inches or 43 centimetres wide. So the school charges the students, the kids, 
to use gym lockers, right? And so in order to avoid paying for these fees, what the kids would do is they would stash their gear in the mats and then um, they would go and like just fish their stuff out and then when they're done playing, they'd shove their gear back in to not have to pay for fees. And Kendrick and his friend Solomon, they would wear the same gear, like shoes or cleats or whatever, and they would shove their stuff in there and rotate out. Because, um, like, one would have gym on one day and the other person would have gym the next day. And so they shared their stuff. Um, So that happened a lot at that school as well. And so during the Christmas break, the school decided that they needed to buy more mats and they added more to their collection. And so Kendrick had his stuff in these mats, but they'd been, like, they're further against the wall, if that makes sense, because more new mats had been added. And so on this first day back, Kendrick didn't have gym class, but he did the next day on Thursday, the 10th of January. And so school surveillance cameras um, and the judge ruled that, sorry, so the school had surveillance cameras and the judge ruled that the footage should be released to his parents because there was a whole release the tapes thing that was happening because they wanted the public to see it. Again, it's said on the public forum, I, can, I watched it on YouTube, and you see Kendrick walk into the gym from the hallway, and he's wearing like this white t-shirt or polo shirt, and the side cutouts are yellow, and he's wearing like dark pants. I can't tell if they're jeans or cotton pants or whatever. Um, and then you see him walk across on the separate camera, you see him walk across from like the bottom left of the screen to like the bottom right to the middle of the right of the screen you see him kind of like walk across the court and then um there's a time lapse and a bit of jumpiness and then you see three other students in that footage and then four other stu- like and then that turns into four kids um playing basketball on the cameras right and so you see him walk out of frame and then sometime later, I don't know the exact time frame because there's no time stamps on the footage that I watched, um, but you see these four other boys playing basketball. Now, if some of you are familiar with video footage and editing, the video looks like it's jump cut after jump cut after jump cut. And then people were asking, was that done deliberately by the police or the school? Or is there, you know, does this add to the cover up? claim that the family was talking about um and what i mean by it being jump cutty is that there's like three to four seconds of continuous recording and then you can tell that several seconds have lapsed and then the recording starts so it kind of looks like it looks like stills of a photo camera have been taken like for continuously for three or four seconds and then there's a lapse of time and then another like 10 or 15 frames will be captured yeah right um and then I assumed that's the way it was edited. But then I watched a CNN broadcast where Anderson Cooper and Victor Blackwell discussed it. And it turns out that's how the camera records. So I'm just going to play a little bit of this broadcast for you today. Well, Anderson, the Johnsons were hoping that this video would give them some answers. There was even a hashtag on Twitter, give us the tapes. But it appears that this video is only providing more questions and very few answers. We've got a couple of clips from these hours of video we've watched. Let's look at the first one. And it shows Kendrick walking in from the right side of your screen there. He's behind another student. And as soon as he runs out, you see that student disappears. 
and a couple of other students disappear, uh, appear rather. It's from one image to the next with no explanation of how those students got to that position or where the student at that red shirt went. Now we blurred their faces because they're minors in this video and the next. Let's go to the next one. You can see Kendrick at the bottom right of the screen. He's walking at first and then he runs out of the frame and just like the first video, other students just appear. No explanation of how they got to that point. You don't see them walk in. We've not edited these videos to just kind of put one image next to the other. This is how we receive them from the sheriff's office today. So the, the video seems to be, to be jumping around. The, you're saying those aren't edits? Is that, I mean, it, I assume it's a motion sensor camera. Is that the way it's supposed to work, that it may take a few seconds for an image to register? That was our first question. When we see the images, especially of Kendrick with all these hours of video, it's like, well, what happened at the end of this and how did these students appear? Was this video edited? So we reached out to both the school that owns the cameras that recorded it and then the sheriff's office, which had a, a copy of it, which supplied it to us. I want to read you the statements. First from the school district, an attorney for Lowndes County Schools says simply, we, what we produce to the sheriff is a raw feed with no edits. And then from the attorney for the sheriff's office, my client has confirmed that the video was not altered or edited by anyone within the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. They both maintain that what we see is exactly what was recorded. What about the corner where the gym mats are, or where Kendrick's body was ultimately found? I mean, that seems to be the key place. We've known there was a camera there. You saw the video from that camera today. What did you see? Yeah, this is the most important camera of all 36, and I want to show you the video. It's blurry. Of all 36 cameras, a video that was provided, this angle is blurry. It's almost impossible to make out any of the faces. And if you look at the corner, it's the top left of the image. Those are the mats uh, in which uh, Kendrick Johnson was found. What you don't see is the top of the mats. And we know why that's important, because sheriff's deputies say that he climbed in through the top of the mat. So that happened. And then a forensic video well, a forensic, like, IT person, um, put all the camera footage at the, si at the same timestamp, and what they realised that all of the cameras in the gym that day had switched off at the exact same time, two switched on, back on, um, at a similar, at the exact same time, and the other ones did other things. So the continuous recording was on and off that day. So, according to the police report, um, the, the recording took place at 1.30pm. And again, I want to emphasise that no one followed Kendrick into the gym and no one else enters until allegedly three minutes later, said the police who actually had the timestamped video footage. So, those boys playing basketball on the court, they entered the gym three minutes after he did. Suspicious. Right. So, that day school finishes... And Kendrick's mum, her name is Jackie, um, she's at home sitting around waiting for her son. She knew that he had a freshman basketball game that afternoon and it wasn't really uncommon for the games to run well into the evening. Um, so Jackie waits and she waits, but her son doesn't show. She is chain calling him on his mobile phone and she's not getting through to him. He's just not answering. And then she goes to the school and she starts doing like drive-by laps around the whole of the campus, but it's late at night and she can't see anything and she doesn't see anyone. Um, and then she does the right thing and then she goes to the police office and she reports him missing to the police at around midnight 
Um, yep. So late Thursday night, early, early Friday morning. And they tell her that uh, he's probably out just being a teenager because, you know, that's not racist. That's really... If it was a white boy, he'd be like, oh, yeah, let's uh, just search the school or call the school. They'd be all over it. Right? When did you find out that was a kid, you know, at his classes that day? Did any of his friends see him? Did he actually make it to school? So on and so forth. And, um... So, yeah. She... I just dropped my hair tie. Oh, no. It's okay. Good job, dickhead stuff. Good job. So, uh... She goes back home. And it ends up being morning before school, Kendrick still hasn't showed up. So she decides to go to the school and thinks, you know what, I'm going to see if I can catch my boy there. Will he be at school? You know, he's got to be, where else would he be? He's going to be at school, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll meet him there. And then so she's guided to the student counsellor's office and that's where she finds out that he didn't go to his third and fourth classes the day before on Thursday, Right. And so Jackie and some of the school admin staff are printing missing persons posters of Kendrick in colour. Yeah. And this is when things start to go south, not that they weren't already racial profiling. But at 10.30am, a group of schoolgirls is in the old gym and they notice a pair of socks in one of the rolled up gym mats that's standing upright. And they thought it was a joke. Um, so like, oh my god, what are those socks doing there? Or like, oh my god, is someone in there about to like jump out and scare us or something? And so they called over one of the guy, other boys that goes to the school, obviously. And he climbs up to the bleachers to get a better look. So the bleachers in this room, so you've got a rectangle in front of you, right? But the top longest line of the rectangle, that's where the bleachers are. And there are like three or four sets of them. And these aren't big bleachers like you'd imagine in normal high school movies. Um, they're just literally three tiers high. So they're yep. tiny. So at any highest point, you're going to be no higher than two metres when you're sitting, you know, on the third tier. So they're not high at all. They're very tiny. And so <sighs> this kid finds out that the pair of socks that they think is being stored there is actually someone wearing that, them. That'd be hard. And then they realise that someone's in the rolled up mat. And then they're like, oh my god, you're stuck here, we'll try and get you out. The person's stuck in there. One student calls 911 and then all the commotion and people screaming attracts a teacher. And together with the students, they knock over the mats and they're able to partially pull out Kendrick headfirst. And I, I really don't want to dehumanise him. Um, but the smell of decomposition hits them and they see vomit and blood and they determine that he's dead. Jeez. Uh, so the teacher takes all the students to the new gym um, and someone makes a call to the admin office, Another, uh, some member of staff, I don't know who exactly. Uh, and so Jackie's there printing posters of her son, uh, thinking her son's alive and just run away when he never really left school the night before. Yeah. And they don't tell her that her son is dead. They just say your son has been found. They don't tell her any details. And again, this also ties into the family because, and rightly so, because they assume did the school try 
to essentially make a cover-up or something here. And so the school goes into lockdown. They tell Jackie that they found her son. The Lowndes County Police begin their investigation immediately and they end up interviewing every student that was in the gym. All of their recounts match up. There's a copy of the footage that was recorded at the scene that you can find again on the internet. Again, it does get very graphic. Um, for the purpose of me talking, Michael, there aren't going to be graphic photos in there just for yeah, me yeah. to describe the room and for you to help me out if you feel like it. Yeah. So like I said, if you imagine the room represented by a rectangle, um, we saw Kendrick come in from like the bottom left corner of the rectangle and you see him kind of leave the middle to the bottom right of the camera, right? And then um, at the top there, we already spoke about the bleachers, but in the top right corner, that's where the mats are. And there were at least 14 of those mats that I could count in the first few frames of the video. Um, some are, they're all white, but some are like wrapped in blue um, and then tied. They're all tied up. And um, to hold them together, obviously, when they're standing up, so they don't flop over. And in every corner of the gym is a door. So yep. there's four doors, four double doors in each corner of this gym, right? So the door, um, so there is a door close to the mats, I would say about two, three meters away, maybe four, um, from where the mats are. And on the tape, the officer zoomed into a shoe, um, an Adidas, like, football, basketball shoe. It looks like it's the right shoe, and it's, like, on its side, lying on the left-hand side of the court, um, and the heel of the shoe's facing the camera. The laces aren't tied up. And then there was a yellow, like, plastic A4 envelope or something. Like, that looks like plastic, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like a... Like a envelope. Something like you get with um, the express post. That, yeah, sorry, like a mailing envelope, yeah. right? Um, and then they also showed that there was a phys uh, physical science study guide um, nearby. And then the officer walks the camera to the doors that are closest to the corner and the footage zooms into the double door, um, like the frame at the top. And you know how doors like that, you can lock them at the top to lock the, like to actually lock the room, you put them up. Yeah. And to unlock it, you pull them down. Both deadlocks were down. So that he wasn't like locked in there, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so the locks were down. And then... About a metre or two, or again, three to four metres away from the door is Kendrick. Um, he's lying, so the mat at this point is lying flat, the horizontal on the court. Um, and his feet are facing, like, closest to the officer, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. like his head is away from the officer, closest to the wall. Yeah. And his feet are closest to the officer while he's rolled up in this mat. Yeah. Um, from the camera that I saw, like from the footage I saw, I can't tell if he's wearing white or grey socks. Um, but you can tell that the officer is standing closer to that opening of the mat. Um, his feet to me look like they're 13 or 40, 30 or 40 centimetres into the roll of the mat. Yeah. Um, but again, there's no rule there for me to judge distance accurately. Uh... I did want to put a picture here to show you, Mike, because I know you don't like it. 
Um, but the way that the mat was lying on the floor, from that angle, he did have a bit of... So the officer actually knelt down and panned the camera into the roll, like yeah. him in there. And the way he was slumped at that time, there looked to be a distance between him... So from the mat that he's leaning on, the gap that his body made with the other part of the mat roll yeah. looked to be about 10 to 20 centimetres while it, where it was tied up in the middle. But again, there's no rule there. That's just me estimating. Yep. Um, there was a lot of litter nearby. So like there was an empty packet of Skittles, uh, empty drink bottles. And then the officer obviously has to walk the camera to the other opening of the mat. And that's where Kendrick unfortunately was pulled out. Um, his hips and above are out of the mat. And he's kind of lying on his left hand side. And his arms are kind of around his head. Yep. Like they formed a box. Um, the officer pans back and like, so where he's standing, he turns 180 degrees to film the camera that Kendrick was recorded on, right? In that bottom left corner. And the camera would be anywhere between 10 to 15 to 18 meters away from where he was. Um, and it wasn't shown in the footage that I watched or I didn't see them because I was a mess watching it. But apparently there were two pairs of shoes there. Right. Um, one was the pair that he had just been wearing and they were found on top of his body near his legs. And the second pair of shoes were on the floor underneath his body by his head. Uh, the only blood found at the scene was in the mat that Kendrick was found in. The study guide and the yellow thing, apparently that was a notebook. And both belonged to Kendrick. Um, then I found another article that said that there was a patch of blood on a column near the mats. Like, you know how the wall kind of juts out a little bit? And they're the, not exposed, but the columns. But allegedly, the article said that that blood was not matched to Kendrick. And then another article said that there were some bloody tissues found in the girls' bathroom of the gym. Um, and they were tested and they came back as female. And then later, a female student reported to... Well, she went to the police and she said, look, that was me. I was hitting the face with a flag during practice. Those are my tissues. Um, so the second pair of shoes, not the pair that Kendrick was allegedly wearing, but the pair next to his head, they had no blood on them. So if you can imagine you're in a pipe that's standing upright... Um, the shoes are at the bottom. Your head is closest to the shoes, but his blood didn't drip on the shoes. It dripped around the shoes. Yep. Um, so people have read it. Has people on Reddit have speculated this means that he wasn't bloody before he got into the mat. Um, his feet, sorry, his socks had partially slipped off his feet. Uh, there is in that he was probably kicking, trying to get out of the mat. My question there is, if a kid who plays three fucking sports, he's going to be built like a tank. He was a relatively tall kid. Wouldn't he knock the mat over? Yeah. But again, I don't know the weight of the mat. I don't know It'd how that would It'd be safer. You'd be like knocking it over and... That's exactly what I thought, yeah. right? And then people reason that he didn't know, like he was tired and he didn't want to make much noise and he wanted to get his shit quickly. And because of all the mats that were added, he was trying to figure out which mat held his shoes. And so on and so forth. Yeah. But I would have thought that 
you just knock the mat over and set it upright. But again, I don't know. Maybe the mats are really heavy. Yeah. He's obviously done this heaps of times before, so it was probably just another general day for him. If this is exactly what happened, we don't know. So, um, if the counts are correct and the timestamps on the video, Kendrick had been dead and in this inverted position for approximately 21 hours. Um, he's obviously gravity would have pulled the blood to his head. Um, apparently his head was very bloated when they pulled him in, um, because of all the water and everything kind of follows blood. That's how, and gravity, that's how your body yeah. kind of works, unfortunately. Um, so everything was really pulled down. Um, Kenneth, who is Kendrick's dad, he was the one who had to actually go to the morgue or allegedly hospital, um, to pretty much, uh, identify his son's body. And he claimed to the media that while he was making the identification, that he noticed that the room and storage drawer that Kendrick was in was heated. Um, and Jackie had told reporters that the Valdosta crime lab purposefully heated her son's remains in order to destroy evidence. Why would it have been refrigerated? I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but um, it kind of like we're going to circle back to it, but just remember what I've said. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, um, Reverend Floyd Rose of the Valdosta Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or VSCL, uh, he uh, was approached by a member of Kendrick's family, right? So a member of the Johnson family. And um, the family asked the Reverend if he could organise an independent investigation into Kendrick's death. Because within 24 hours of his body being found, the police said that they had solved the case. Right? We're going to get into it, but whatever. Um... So the Reverend agreed, and the VSCL from that point on has worked very closely with the Johnson family. Um, the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People, or NAACP, also endeavoured to begin their own investigation, and that was led by Lee Tushon, um, and she was an interim secretary and member of the organisation's legal redress team at the time. So when she heard about the allegations that the family made of the crime lab tampering with evidence, she made it, took it upon herself to tour the lab and she personally verified that the alarms were armed to go off if the storage room temperature um, rose above the appropriate temperature. And she also uh, viewed the emergency generators that are tasked to keep the lab cool if power goes off so the genies would kick in. Yep. Right? So, um, this is not me discounting anything that the family is saying. This is me just reporting the fact that, allegedly, um, this person, who was independent, went in and temp-checked everything, yeah. all right, and said it was okay. Again, this person was not approached from the family. This group of people decided that they would um, help out and wanted to do their own investigation, and they heard... Um, what the family was saying about the hot room that the son's remains were being kept in. Um, this is not me saying that that's true or false. I'm just presenting it, like I said, um, all the information. 
So then the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, or GBI, they obviously had to perform an autopsy on Kendrick, and they stated that he had died from precisional asphyxia. And this is one of those things where it's, like, really weird, but they give a name for something, if that makes sense. Um, So what they sort of said is that he had died accidentally, um, and positional asphyxia is kind of like saying... Um, so it's, asphyxia is like where you, you're in a position that prevents you from breathing appropriately, right? So you can't breathe normally. Um, and then so a lot of it is positional, meaning that you're in, your body is in some type of way that isn't allowing you to breathe. Wow, you know what I mean? Like, that's a very, what I'm trying to gather is state and explain is that's a very, very broad term. Very, very broad. Right? And then also, how long can a person be held upside down before they do eventually die and the pressure is too much? Because I can tell you that when I was a kid and I was on monkey bars or some shit, I felt the pressure on my head straight away. Yeah. Let alone to be there fighting and scrambling for however long. Not a good way to go. Right? How long can a person be held upside down before they die? They did to Mussolini, didn't they? I think so, yeah. Not a, not a good way. Apparently there's no um, consensus, but allegedly, according to Healthline, uh, it's less than 24 hours. Okay, so... So he's upside down for a while. Some people say that within within 20 minutes, the person would experience cardiac arrhythmia because of the blood pooling. The pressure on the brain. Yeah. So take with that what you will. And from what I understand, there was no exact kind of time of death. Um, obviously, it's, it's going to get a bit more graphic, but this is Georgia. And what we need to remember from Georgia is that it's kind of the south. Yeah. So it is a bit warmer. Yes, it is the middle of winter, but it's different to kind of like Montana or whatever. Uh, so it's a bit warmer. And then on top of that, he's in a mat, which is insulating yeah. his body temperature a bit more. And if he's fighting, that's causing more heat and yeah. stress. And all I'm saying is if it's one just after 1.30pm, how did no one hear him? Exactly. He would have been screaming. He would have been scrambling. Yeah. He would have been knocking mats over. He, you'd think at least I could picture the mat shaking up and around, right? Yeah. And you're telling me those three or four kids were playing basketball with him suffocating yeah, in there. Yeah, if you're walking, you'd be able to, yeah. But that, again, that's just me um, putting something out before I forget. So they come to the GBI, comes back to the family and says it's, you know, positional asphyxia. It was accidental death. And his family felt that the death was not being taken seriously, in part because of his race. And because it happened at the school and there was so much tension happening with everything and the treatment that the family had already received by the police saying, oh, he's just run off, that's what kids do, he'll be back. Um, That led the family to believe that there was a larger cover-up at play. And I'm sorry, you never go back to the family within 24 hours and say, this is what we believe to be the cause of death. Right? I don't know. But that's just me. So the GBI hypothesized that that Kendrick had fallen into the mat while he was looking for the shoe. And he died after being unable to get out. 
Uh, three students had pretty much admitted to investigators that, you know, students stashed their stuff in the mats, either behind them or in them, um, between gym classes so they didn't have to pay for fees. Um, Kendrick himself was not wearing any shoes when he was found, and kids at the school said that he had shared a pair of Adidas shoes with, um, you know, Kendrick, um, and that after gym class they would always go to the mats, jump up, and top, toss the shoes inside the middle of the gap, I suppose, like the donut yeah. hole. Then Lieutenant Stride Jones, who headed up the investigation for the county, uh, said, We never had credible information that indicated this was anything other than an accident. But the family had questioned this hypothesis, um, and so so much so that they decided that they wanted to hire a um, independent autopsy. Um, and that was conducted by Mr. William R. Anderson. Um, I did some digging on this guy which I want to get to later but I just want to mention it right now um and then so yeah but I want to return to the timeline so basically the GBI did their own autopsy and a little while later the family had gotten an independent guy to come and do it himself right they exhumed him so fast forward to April from January right um there's a rally, and some members of Kendrick family, such as his mum, uh, they linked hands and blocked the entrance of the Lowndes County Courthouse because they were protesting, obviously. Um, this, because, you know, protesting is terrible, right? doesn't get anything done. I'm being sarcastic, yeah, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then they decided to arrest a grieving family and a grieving mother for civil disobedience. Right. That seems a little unjust. Just a tad. Just, just a tad. So, Reverend Rose, um, to make Jackie's bond, he put his home up for collateral. Jeez. So he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and then a month later in May, the family decided to hold a fundraising rally and they were hoping that people would give donations to like enough donations for them to be able to put that money towards a, a substantial reward so that way it would um you know because people are very monetary driven and that's the only way that they report something about yeah you know a person of a minority and so they thought that they advertised that they would hand out that reward to the person who came forward with information about kendrick's death um, they ended up raising allegedly about five thousand US bucks, or if you're an Australian like me, about seven thousand one hundred and sixty-six bucks. Um, now this is where things take a second turn. Uh, allegedly, the reward was never set up, but instead the Reverend cut a ten k check, so the five k that they raised, and he added another five k himself to make ten k, and he cut a check. And he gave the check to Roy Taylor, who is a local businessman. Um, now, there was so much flack that this got. Um, so from what I understand, Roy was going to hold on to the reward money. And then when someone came forward, Roy was going to hand over the... If someone came forward with information, Roy, the holder of the check, would hand it over as yeah. the reward money. Right? Um, 
they the family said that they were holding the money for 90 days. So Roy held on to that check, the 10k check, the 5k that the Reverend put in, and the 5k that the family raised at their fundraising rally. That 10k check, he held it for those 90 days. Um, I then read articles that say he still holds on to it today, and then I read other articles that say he gave it back to the Reverend. Okay. So I'm not sure where it is, but from what I understand, um, that money, there is no formal reward set up, if that makes sense. Yeah. To this day. So then people on the internet um, did some doxing, and they found out that Roy Taylor could be a relative, was a relative. Of the county superintendent, Wes Taylor. Um, From what I understand, a superintendent is a principal. Yeah. So, what they were trying to say is, Roy Taylor, the businessman holding the reward money, was a cousin or a brother of Wes Taylor, who was Kendrick's school principal. Oh. And then people realised, no, this is a white folk town. People just have the same name. So they're not related at all. So it's just people just added. So it's just one and one together. Um, so the theory at the time was that because the school was corrupt, the money had changed hands. So Roy had kept the ten k, had not kept the ten k, but instead had given it to the school, so they could pay off to get whatever they needed to get sorted. Sorted. Yeah. Pay off whoever they needed to pay off. Allegedly. But again, these two men, Roy and Wes, are not related. So, now we're in June, and with the help of the NAACP and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or SCLC, the Johnson family was able to exhume Kendrick's body. Um, This is where shit does a dirty. Again. So, Kendrick was going to be independently autopsied by a private pathologist that we already mentioned, Dr. David... Sorry, Dr. William Anderson. Um, I did some of my own doxing, and I found out that this guy is an actual MD, so he's an actual doctor-doctor, right? And he is certified by the American Board of Pathology in Anatomic and Clinical and Forensic Pathology. He is the director of Forensic Dimensions, which is a medical consulting service that operates out of Orlando, Florida. They advertise that they have over 30 years of forensic service experience. Um, They say that they're experienced in forensic medical consulting services. Um, Forensics being, obviously, uh, they have three things, right? The forensics one was um, receive unbiased conclusions with forensic services from Forensic Dimensions. We provide analysis and evaluations of your data. Diagnostics. Strengthen your court case with our diagnostic services. Our experts bring the findings to court to support your case. Evaluations. Get a second opinion on the medical findings with our medical consultations. We, sorry, evaluations. We help, we help you prove your case in court. Their website, look it up, is forensicdimensions.com. You don't have to, but listeners, yep. right? So, based on all that information, you would think that that person is credible, right? That the director of this firm that says that they have over 30 years of forensic experience. 
Yes, we can make that. Yeah. So, Dr. William um, conducts his autopsy. He opens up Kendrick and he finds that his organs are missing and that his body is stuffed with newspaper. Now, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, B1, um, that seems quite suspicious and quite fucked up. Um, let me tell you, apparently it is not. So to address the organs, um, when, I don't know if it's all around the world, but in the state of Georgia, what they do is they put the organs in a Ziploc bag after testing, because sometimes they have to test, like take biopsies of specific organs, and they put them in like a Ziploc bag, and they put that bag back in the body. They sew the bag back up, they, they um, the family, the funeral home stuffs the body to give it its shape for yeah. viewing, and so and so. Sometimes, uh, depending on how long the body has been out, they will just destroy the organs, right? Yeah. So the fact that the organs aren't missing, while I would perceive that as quite alarming, um, apparently that is relatively normal because people can, funeral houses or mortuaries or morgues, whatever, um, they can choose to um, incinerate. Yeah. Right? And then we say, what the fuck with the newspaper, bruh? Apparently, like I said, um, although it's not, this is me reading, quote, not considered best practice for a mortician, legislation or regulation does not address the practice or prohibit funeral professionals from filling a cavity with newspaper. Therefore, the practice is not a violation of the law and filling a body cavity is a necessary preparation to present a deceased body for public viewing. At least that's what the Georgia Board of Funeral Services said in a letter addressed Jackie when the family decided to pursue legal actions against the funeral home and then they found out that doing it with newspaper, although it's not the best idea, you're supposed to do it with cotton, um, it's not wrong. It's disrespectful given modern times, yeah. but it's not wrong. Or should I say illegal? So they went to the state court in Lowndes County and uh, the case was dismissed. Also, the dismissal was filed at 4.51pm on May 20th. Um, and then it... Um, sorry, let me say that again. The case was dismissed at 4.50pm. 4.51pm on May the 20th. And then the next day at 4.40pm, the family refiled the same lawsuit. Um, I have since read that this has also been dismissed, um, but only one article presented that information and I couldn't find any first-hand evidence of that myself. So it could still be uh, in the state court or it could be dismissed, unless I'm mistaken, I think. I'm pretty certain it's been dismissed. So without the organs, um, Dr. William performed his autopsy and uh, released his body to the fun and so and so. And then, uh, yeah, pretty much, I guess, what do you do? Apparently they're supposed to use cotton or sawdust. Yeah. So they took the cheaper alternative. Yeah. And then I found a news article that said that the funeral home did it for free of charge to the family. They just wanted to volunteer and help out, right? And then so the family were like, so did you just cut corners and decide to fill my son with newspaper instead of cotton because you weren't charging us? 
Jeez. Um, it's pretty bad. But either way, I guess... What do you do? So, Dr. Anderson, Dr. William Anderson, concluded that Kendrick had died of blunt force trauma right of his neck. He found a two to three centimeter bruise. Um, however, there were no broken bones, whether they be of the neck or the throat. No signs of internal exsanguination. Um, and in his findings, he didn't claim that Kendrick was beaten. He never stated that Kendrick's facial injuries were from anything other than skin slippage due to his position. Now, do you know what skin slippage is? I've heard of it before, yes. So you know what it is or no? You just heard of the term? No, I heard it's just basically the body is breaking down, so things are moving, like you said, the skin separating, that sort of stuff. Yes. So for anyone who's not forensically trained like Michael, skin slippage is something that happens in decomposition. Um, it's when the superficial layers of the skin, quote-unquote, slip off the body. Um, it's supposed to occur early in decomposition as the epidermis separates from the underlying dermis. And then, um, so that's a normal, unfortunately, a normal thing yeah. that happens, right? So then this is when Dr. Anderson comes under fire. Apparently, he had become a private pathologist because he was fired from the state of Georgia for a myriad of unprofessional and unethical actions on his part. Oh, boy. And so I thought, oh, fuck. Does that mean he's not reliable? But what I found out is that he allegedly reported that um, the chief medical examiner um, at the time, when he was... So there, a woman called Karen Johnson had died from uh, methadone withdrawal, right? And it was a big case over in um, Orange, uh, Osceola County. And so he made the conclusion that she had died from the methadone withdrawal and um he alleged that the chief medical examiner at the time had said um that he needed to change the diagnosis geez so overruled so it's not that he did something wrong he alleged that someone else had done something wrong yeah. and what i can tell this has happened several times before not this specific outline thing but he he alleged that people had told him to write something off before that's not good. Um, and you're going to say, well, what did that mean for his work? Well, one of the most prominent public defenders in Orlando, um, Robert Wesley, he has he still allegedly applauds um, this doctor and says, this is a quote, he was always a straight shooter and a fine scientist. My office would likely hire him now as an expert witness. He's beat me an awful lot of times in court. Far out. So... He is a, he's a scientist yeah. allegedly, unless something else appears. No disrespect. Um, he's allegedly a man of. It either is or it isn't. Yeah. Right. It's black or white. So, fast forward to October of twenty thirteen. Um, the Department of Justice, in part because of the advocacy, advocacy between the um, church um, congregations and leagues, right the NAACP and the SCLC, they agreed to investigate Kendrick's death um, straight after the Lones County ended their investigation. They decided to continue their own 
Um, however, they reached the same conclusions as the police did, saying that Kendrick's death was a tragic accident. Um, Lee Tushon, she concluded that it was an accident, and from that point onwards, they very much alienated the Johnson family, um, because allegedly they wanted the groups to not only state unequivocally that Kendrick was murdered, but to publicly name the boys that they believed were responsible. Right. So the Johnsons decided they were going to publicly accuse two brothers, um, Brian and Brandon Bell, of murdering Kendrick at their rallies. Um, and on the Kendrick Memorial Facebook page. So that's kind of... Can I say it's one thing to do that to an adult, but it's a different thing to do that to a minor. Yeah. Unless you have factual evidence... 100%. ...to back it up. Yeah. Right? So I'm not trying to disrespect the family. Um, They're entitled to their own thoughts and opinions. But you're going to see why they also brought this up a little bit later on. But what I want to point out is that at their rallies... And on their Facebook page, so that also becomes libel because you're publishing things. Yeah. They denounced Brian and Brandon Bell. So Lee Tushon hears of this um, and they bring up their attorneys and say, look, um, we think that the family members are lying to their attorneys and they're addressing the media and stating wrong facts. And then the Lee kind of was saying to the NAACP, like, you know, we need to cut ties right now. Um, this isn't very good. It's going to bring our organisation down because if they're lying and they're publishing these things, um, it's going to make our organisation look bad. Yeah. So the NAACP um, were like, no, nah, we stand by the Johnson family. And I understand wanting to stand by the family, but maybe don't, Unless there's evidence that you're working towards, don't show your cards yeah. before you can play them. Yeah. And Lee was like, this is not what I'm here for. She was quite disgusted. And so she resigned from the NAACP. Um, and then sometime continues. And then she decides that, uh, well, the family kind of decide that they want to exhume him again. So they do a third autopsy. They bring Lee back in. She works with Reverend Rose and the SCLC instead of the NAACP. And again, they concluded that without a doubt, Kendrick had died accidentally. So at this point, they've had one, um, would you say government autopsy and two independent inquiries. Yep. This poor boy hasn't been put to rest. No, He's been brought up down. twice. Um, so this is where I want to jump to the Brian and Brandon Bell theory. Um, so the theory is that these two boys, this is the family's theory, that the two boys beat Kendrick, tossed his body on a mat, rolled him up, tied him up, left him there. Right? Um, you're going to ask me, or you're going to say to me, okay, um, well, this is me hypothesizing here because this is what I thought when I was watching. I was like, but I already knew that no one followed Kendrick into the gym. Yeah. But then we can also suggest that there was moments of footage that wasn't unaccounted for. And also the doors were fuzzy. Yeah. On camera and the doors were unlocked. 
which means that anyone could have come and gone. And if it's so fuzzy, you can't make out anything. Yeah. Right? So I understand that aspect. However, in all three autopsies, it was quite evident that he had not been physically assaulted. Allegedly, that didn't gel with the family. And um, this is where I'm going to talk about the graphic photos. Um, so there, there, there are two different, technically, two different photos that were taken by the county's office of Kendrick, right? Yeah. When they found him after they took him out of the mat, pre-autopsy, and then the photos they took of him post-autopsy. The one that they took pre-autopsy, he still has redness in his face, but you can imagine that's from the heat and fighting to get out, right? If it looked like they were going to go towards him being beaten, that should have been the photo that they used. Yeah. But they didn't. They used the post-autopsy photo where his whole forehead had slipped down. Um, towards his eyes and obviously the, that's bloated and everything it, it's crazy right yeah. because um, when they did the autopsy they obviously wanted to peel all the muscles yeah. to make sure that there was nothing in them no damage because that's what you do Yeah. right so when they stitch it back it forms like a pouch the yeah. skin and so what the family said, what the, what the family did whether it be right or wrong that's not for me to say but they ran with the post-autopsy photos yeah. and said that that's how he was found in the mat. Yeah. And because his face was so bloated and, like, you can imagine that amount of pressure, the vascular pressure, the water yeah. pressure, everything just there, they said that it looked like he had been beaten. Yeah. Um, and that's why they ran with this Brian and Brandon Bell theory. Um, and then people found out that these boys, not only are they white, but they're sons of an FBI agent. Um, His name is Rick Bell. And this adds some more fuel to the fire because Kenneth, who's Kendrick's dad again, he went to the media and said Kendrick had been in a fight on a school bus with Brian Bell, the eldest brother, shortly before he died. And then... Although that did happen, it had happened between a year and a half before Kendrick was found dead. Um, so it wasn't recent. It wasn't that night. It wasn't that week. It wasn't that month. It was literally almost a year and a half ago. Um, so Brian Bell and Kendrick, they had been close friends for years. And allegedly they got into a scuffle when they were um, in a football game. And then according to classmates they resolved the situation and they were friends again afterwards um they had to work on a science project together at school and from what i understand they did pretty well so it wasn't like there was allegedly there wasn't like there's any animosity and when it's guys it's different to when it is with girls because when it's girls you're dead you know you're dead to me yeah. I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going to make your life a living hell whereas with guys you shake it off and you're like yeah dude no worries no hard feelings yeah Allegedly, I yeah, much. I'm not like, a fem- I'm I'm a female. I don't it's know. like meh. We you resolve it, right? Um, and then so at the um, 
Hi everyone. Um, unfortunately, Mike had to run off to work. He got a call to head in a little bit earlier than we thought. So I'm so sorry, but the last, I guess, portion of today's episode is going to be have to recorded by me solo. I hope you guys don't mind. I'll be sure to make sure that he gives his opinions and reads through the last little bit um, and can kind of give you guys what he thinks happened. Um, in next week's episode but I suppose to continue on um, Brian and Kendrick as we said had worked on a science project together um, and at the time of Kendrick's alleged death surveillance footage placed um, Brian in a classroom nowhere near Kendrick um, ignore my next one neighbor's dogs uh, both by the teacher as well and by his classmates um, however the family well the Johnson family still said um, that he was involved in the death of Kendrick. Um, and nevertheless, the family and all their supporters, they ended up calling uh, Florida State Uni or FSU um, because that is where Brian was supposed to attend um, college after high school. And then they got so many calls that in February of 2015, they ended up pulling Brian's football scholarship to FSU. Um, and then you're also going to ask me, okay, what happened with uh, Braden at the time of Kendrick's passing? Uh, allegedly, he was on his way to Mancon or, uh, in Georgia with his wrestling team. They were on their way to attend a wrestling tournament. Um, so... Again, we've already sort of discussed how uh, Kendrick's family released images of their son's face post-autopsy where the skin slippage... I don't want to say that the skin slippage was kind of made worse by the autopsy, but you can imagine it was it was made a lot more prominent and that kind of thing. Um, this is me not saying... I'm not the person saying this that made this statement, but... Um, a lot of people online who criticised the family for doing this said it was only to garner public sympathy and to further substantiate claims that he had been beaten by uh, the Bell Boys. Obviously, in the original autopsy, the pathologists needed to examine the facial muscles. Um, so it's not so much that the autopsy would have tampered with evidence in that way, but it would have changed slightly the structure and the way that his muscles had settled during the slippage. I... I can understand how, with all the mistreatment the family received, that they believed that their son had been tampered with, especially with the fact that Kendrick, feeling as though the temperature was very high um, at that point in time, we don't know how the you know the distance, the difference in time between Kenneth actually going in and checking the body and making the identification of his son, and um, Key Lee coming in, you know to check all the temperature and so on and so forth. And I don't necessarily know too much about how the temperature would degrade the evidence on Kendrick, apart from it also facilitating decomposition, which you wouldn't necessarily want. But I guess what their, their claims make logical sense in terms of degrading evidence. But again, I would like to think that wouldn't happen, but I'm not there to say, yes, it did. Yes, it did not. Um, and so on and so forth um but yes i the skin slippage is very graphic and so on and so forth 
The family did end up filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the Lowndes County Board of Education, um, its superintendent, i.e. the principal and the high school, um, you know, itself. And the suit alleged that Johnson was violently assaulted, severely injured, and suffered great physical pain and mental anguish and was subjected to insult and loss of life, according to um, the statement made on the 10th of January 2013. And most of the lawsuit itself did not name any person or alleged persons involved in the event um, that led to Kendrick's passing, nor the race of the alleged perpetrators. It did imply a race-based dimension to the hypothetical assault. Apparently, it went on further to allege that the defendants were negligent and violated Kendrick's constitutional right to equal protection based on right uh, based on race. And it further alleged that the defendants ignored reports that previously he had been attacked and harassed by a white student. It alleged that he was attacked on a bus trip, and this is the event that had occurred um, allegedly 14 months prior to his death. And they also alleged that another student had a history of provoking and attacking him, Kendrick, at school, and stated that the provocations took place in the presence of the coaching staff and employees of the school, and that his mother, Jackie, had complained about these prior attacks. And this suit also alleged that the school officials failed to properly monitor the activities of students throughout all areas of the campus, and to maintain a properly functioning video surveillance system. And I think we can all agree on that as the bare minimum and obviously, I know we're talking about a time that obviously it's over seven years ago at this point, um, security and security cameras and security monitoring systems weren't the 1280p that we know now, the 1080p, uh, 720. So I know things have changed, but alas, I fail to understand how obviously the security cameras were left to not record or that the footage was deemed fuzzy and also that no one called his parents to say that excuse me your child is missing because I've had my mother tell me that if I was marked incorrectly as absent from a class she would get a phone call right away and then when by the time she came to class I was magically in my next class and I hadn't run away from school so I know it's, again, I'm a white person, I get that level of privilege because I am indeed white, but I would like to think that I just don't understand how that can happen and I understand it's a different place, you know, globally and maybe it's not that big a deal, maybe they thought he had the practice session or whatever, but I don't understand how the alarm wasn't raised by the school earlier, I don't understand how no one had to go, you know, if they just saw shoes by the mat why didn't they check around? Do you know what I mean? Like, someone would have had to lock up the gym. Someone would have had to switch off the lights. Someone would have had to make sure no students are in there when they close the school for the afternoon, for the evening, or open the school the next morning. I just don't understand. But regardless, what do I know? So then in August of 2014, um, Brian and Brandon's parents filed a $5 million lawsuit against Ebony Magazine because the magazine had published a series of articles and they named the boys as possible suspects in Kendrick's death. And although the magazine used pseudonyms, it was otherwise quite accurate in 
their descriptions of the boys. Um, and this also included the fact that their father was an FBI agent. And we know you can quite easily add two and two together. I don't know how many uh, federal agent kids uh, with, three, you know, BB and surname B <laughs> um, all go to that school. But the article was used as a source of anonymous email to the sheriff's office. And this person alleged that the younger of the two brothers killed Johnson after learning that Johnson had sex with the brother's girlfriend. So Rick and Karen Bell, the parents of the Bell boys, assert that their sons were not involved in the death and are not considered suspects, but have been harassed as a result of the publication. And then in January of 2015, Kendrick's family filed a $100 million civic lawsuit in the Superior Court of Cal Kalb County against 38 individuals. Um, these respondents include three of the classmates, um, local, state and federal officials, which include the superintendent of the county, the uh, Valdosta Lodes cr uh, Crime Lab, the police chief, uh, a lot of sheriff deputies, the city and the state medical examiner and the CBI and the five agents as well as an FBI agent who I would assume would be the boys' father. But again, um, please correct me if I am wrong. Uh, the lawsuit alleged that the FBI agent ordered his two sons and a classmate to attack Johnson. So they're saying that the Bell boys' dad had said, you know, you better, you know, they sicked the boys upon Kendrick. Um, I honestly don't know. I, again, would like to think not. I feel like a man with those means would, I don't want to say call a hit, but why just get your boys and ruin their lives? That I, But again, what do I know? And then so, the family also went on and continued their alleged, their alleged, the, the death, um, and accused the respondents of a conspiracy and that they were covering up um, a homicide, essentially. And so Jim Elliott, who's the Lowndes County attorney, he stated that the allegations were unfounded and baseless and that any response would be made in court. Uh, but all local Superior Court judges recused themselves from presiding over the case, preventing the lawsuit from being filed and heard in Lowndes County. And to me, I kind of feel that that's suspicious. Were they trying to get it out of the town and the county so that, that way they could say to the family... You know, um, it's not us impacting the prejudice overruling of the case or something like that. That's what I was able to read in a couple of things. They just wanted to excuse themselves because of the proximity um, they had to the FBI agent, the town, and so on and so forth. Uh, Chief Judge Harry J. Altman, he stated that it was inappropriate for these judges to preside over the case. And shortly before the lawsuit was filed, U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Georgia, Michael J. Moore, said in a statement that a federal investigation was still open and that the investigation has proven more complicated and has taken longer than originally anticipated. And to that I say, you don't say. Um, apparently this guy has since, uh, Michael J. Moore has since resigned. And when he was, when he did obviously uh, hand in his resignation, the case had to be transferred to the Northern District of Ohio under the leadership of Stephen Dettelback. And after he received Kendrick's case, uh, he also resigned. Um, and then the Department of Justice investigation continued, according to the Department of Justice spokesman uh, Michael Tobin. Um, me, personally, I, outside looking in, I feel like th this is a lot of back and forth. 
if there's nothing to hide, why won't they open the file? Why won't they, you know, continue on with rulings um, and let the case have its day in court? Let Kendrick's let Kendrick have his day in court. Um, but I don't, it obviously could be coincidence that they resigned back to back. Um, but I, I don't know how we're going to go from Georgia to Ohio. I know they're relatively... Are they relatively close on a map? Like, I'm, I have a feeling like everything is far away from itself in America just because the country is so large. Um, but I don't think that the trial would have had judge of its peers in Ohio as opposed to someone else in Georgia, if that makes any sense. Um, I'm an idiot, though, so what do I know? And then in November of 2015, the Department of Justice uh, filed a motion in the civil, civil case to intervene and stay the case. Uh, the US attorney said that allowing evidence discovery in the civil suit to continue would have a chilling effect on the federal investigation, which had expanded into investigating possible obstruction and grand jury witness tampering, which to me uh, is quite scary. Um, highlights all the red flags. Uh, but after this motion was denied, Jackie and Kenneth dismissed their own wrongful death suit against the, I guess, against, hello, Sherlock, against the Bell family. Um, and they said, allegedly, that they hoped to refile it after the conclusion of the Department of Justice's investigation. And then, so, they were countersued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and a million dollars in defamation charges by the Bell family. And, um, look, I don't want to say that it was deserved because the kid, you know, didn't, he, had, he got his scholarship revoked um, before, you know, but I feel like it, it impacted a lot of people's lives and I can see this, you know, web of lies and deceit and that kind of thing. I think it was a, I don't like. I don't have the advice to say legally that they should have dropped one chart, like dropped one suit while they were waiting for the DOJ to continue their investigation. Um, but what can I say? I wish that someone would have advised them that they'd have to settle this, you know, nearly two million dollars worth of charges after they've lost their son and they've been battling, and I, they didn't even have enough to bail Jackie out, you know, because the Reverend did that. So I, I just, I don't know what to think or feel. It's absolutely terrible. Um, and then so the DOJ in, on the 20th of June 2016 announced that they would not be filing any criminal charges related to Kendrick's death, stating, after extensive investigation into this tragic event, federal investigators determined there is insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone or some group of people willfully violated Kendrick Johnson's civil rights or committed any other prosecutable federal crime. And then we jump forward two years and on the 10th of August 2017, a judge ruled that the Johnson family and their attorney must pay more than $292,000 in legal fees to the dozens of people they accused of foul play in a lawsuit that they had previously dropped. <sighs> um, so I 
kind of wanted to do some digging um, a little bit further about the third autopsy. And while I couldn't find any official documentation like I could about um, the CBI uh, doing their preliminary autopsy and then the first autopsy that the family um, had organised. But apparently the third autopsy, um, they added an amendment to the second autopsy report in June of 2013, where they obviously we had already said that they determined that the, the cause of death was not uh, was a non-accidental blunt force trauma to his right neck and right thorax, in which the body cavity between the right neck and abdomen. Um, but the third autopsy contradicted all of these findings and determined that the cause of death was positional asphyxia. So the first autopsy completed by the state, Sherlock Murray, please behave, said that he had died because of posi uh, positional asphyxia. The second one done by the uh, Dr. William from Orlando, Florida, he came in and said that, hey, I highlighted this bruise. It's about two to three centimetres could have been trauma and then the third autopsy also said positional asphyxia uh so they also went on to allege in this third autopsy that they were unable to show the blunt force trauma that um to the right of his chest um that the pathologist had pointed out in the second autopsy and to me i'm kind of wondering is that because so much time has gone i don't know what the rate of decay is in georgia to be honest so how can i say that um his body has kind of decayed to such a point that his soft tissue is not there to have a look at that or anything like that please again if anyone is feel free to you know knowledgeable about that please feel free to let me know um i read some other documents well alleged people had read these documents stating that um a person had struck Kendrick in the neck with a 45 pound weight or dumbbell and that an agent had somehow facilitated the end editing of the high school surveillance video by corrupting or de deleting some some one hour and 25 minutes of the original recording um so regardless understandably his family are very suspicious of the investigation and were quite suspicious from the get-go and I don't blame them they believe that the sheriff's department was too quick to rule out foul, foul play as a cause for Kendrick's passing, um, and ultimately that you know they can they concluded that it was an accident within 24 hours of finding Kendrick um, was quite alarming to them. It's quite alarming to me. I'm sure it would be to all of you guys or the majority of you guys at home. Um, the Johnsons were also sure that their son's body had been moved which was corroborated by the Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson. Apparently, Georgia state law dictates the coroner has to be contacted immediately on the discovery of a body, but uh, Watson, the county coroner, claimed that he was not notified until six hours later. Um, so again, that's a lot of time. Uh, I can understand them being like, hey... like The only way I can reason this, and even then, if it's a law, it's a literal legislation... Um, like, how do you not call a coroner, even if it's that time of year? Um, that just doesn't make sense to me. And to me, that's enough to open inquiry on his case alone. I, there's just so many twists and turns here. Um, furthermore, his parents argue that if it was an accident, 
How could no one have heard him call out for help? Um, allegedly, the over 3,000 students attend this school. Um, and not only that, we saw footage that showed four other kids playing basketball not more than 20 metres away from him, where he's allegedly uh, asphyxiating. Um, wouldn't you be calling for help or something? I don't know. Wouldn't they have heard him knocking around with the mat? <sighs> A lot of questions. But ultimately, his parents and believe that his death was not being taken seriously because of his race. And that's unacceptable. Um, allegedly, uh, Kendrick was the only black person. Um, but when I say that, I mean, you know, the rest of the county, the sheriff's department, and all investigators were white. Um, in 2013, it's alleged that, you know, racism was still wreaking havoc in the town. It's very much alive. The family's attorney, Shaveen King, expressed that if Kendrick had been white, the case would have been handled much more differently. And I think we can all attest that that is very, very so much correct. I don't know. I, there's just a lot of odds and ends here. Um, ultimately, I want to finish by reading the description of the change or petition, if that's okay with um, you guys. Uh, so Kendrick Johnson was born on the 10th of October, 1995. He was an honor roll student, a well-known athletic all around the school. And he had, you know, that caused him to gain a lot of attention, especially from women, well, females, the petition says. However, one day, Kendrick Johnson's popularity began to make people jealous, which is when he had got into an argument with Brian Bell, who was a student at Valdosta High School, along with KJ, both KJ being Kendrick Johnson. Both Kendrick and Brian Bell constantly argued with each other over Brian Bell found out that his girlfriend, who was Taylor Eakin, was having a sexual affair with Kendrick Johnson. There were two confession statements floating around which made national news. The first statement mentioned that Taylor Eakin has told someone's best friend that it's true that Taylor Eakin had sexual intercourse with Kendrick Johnson and once Brian Bell found out he had threatened Kendrick Johnson instead of being mad at her for cheating on him. Kendrick Johnson had told Brian Bell to meet him in the gym after the third block. Both Brian Bell and... See, that's what I don't understand because they're saying that he didn't show up to his third and fourth period. So why was he there after the third block? But again... I don't. They could just be misinformation because this whole kind of petition statement. You can imagine the emotion that would have had to go on writing it. So, um, I'm not really gonna question that. Both Brian Bell and Ryan Hall, who's Brian Bell's friend, had met Kendrick Johnson in the gym, and then Brian Bell killed Kendrick Johnson. Brian Bell has also stated that he killed Kendrick Johnson multiple times over the phone. Braden Bell, who's both a student at Valdosta High School and the brother of Brian Bell, had gotten drunk at a party on the 4th of July in 2013 and told people that Brian Bell killed Kendrick Johnson. The second statement was about Ryan Anthony Domek Hernandez, who's a friend of Braden Bell, side of the story, which said that when he wanted, when he went to Brandon Bell's apartment in Florida, Brandon Bell had told him that Brian Bell killed Kendrick by striking his neck with a 45-pound weight slash dumbbell after they began arguing over Taylor, Taylor and Eakin. 
According to Brandon Bell, Brian Bell had told Ryan Hall that if he did not keep quiet and help him move Kendrick Johnson's body, his father, who was Rick Bell, who was a retired FBI agent, would make sure that he would pay for it. Rick Bell had then contacted Sheriff Chris Prime and notified him about the fight between both Brian Bell and Kendrick Johnson. Then, Sheriff Chris Prime contacted the county coroner, Kendrick Johnson's organs, and this is where they open a bracket and say, Kendrick Johnson's organs were removed and replaced with newspaper to hide evidence, hide other injuries, and allow the time of death to be unpredictable, which was determined during the second autopsy. And then it closes and continues. Rick Bell then contacted another FBI agent who remains unknown so that he could edit the school surveillance video by deleting an hour and 25 minutes of the school's original surveillance video. Ryan Anthony Jome Hernandez has said that Brandon Bell also told him that the autopsy was falsely documented. However, the Kendrick Johnson's... Uh, sorry, there are a lot of spelling errors. After Kendrick Johnson's mother, Jacqueline Johnson, or Jackie Johnson as we've referred to her, and father, Kenneth Johnson, did a second autopsy on him, they had found out that his death was not accidental and he had died from blunt force trauma to the upper neck on the right. And then in capital letters, please help us. We have all of the answers, but we demand justice. Thank you and God bless. According to WLB News 10, Sheriff Prime expressed, although the investigation of the death of Kendrick Johnson is closed, he continues to encourage citizens to contact investigators should they have information. Investigators have continued to follow up on all information that has been presented. So that's obviously a lot um kendrick's parents said that they and maintain that they believe that their son was killed and that the official story is there to cover up his parents have also called for the passage of kendrick's law and this new legislation um would make it so that all coroners in the u.s have to be medically licensed professionals this year was unfortunately the seventh anniversary of the death of Kendrick and his family held a vigil in order to honour him. They had a balloon race, uh, release, they read a prayer and they had seven minutes of silence to acknowledge every year that he has been gone. Many of those in attendance wore their red and black Kendrick Johnson Matters t-shirts, including his mother Jackie. She says that she feels as though there's been no justice for her son and a quote from her where she said, I stand bold and firm to what I say. I mean just what I say, and I'm not backing down to anybody when it comes to Kendrick Johnson, because y'all should have left him alone. At the end of the day, and at the beginning of the day, God allowed me to birth him. Nobody had the right to take his life. Today he would be 24 years old. And I think that regardless of it being accidental, or the way everything was handled, it just was absolutely disgusting. And it is more than enough to open an inquiry if he was last seen at school and if those kids didn't spot you know see his socks would he have stayed there until like i hate to say it until he had decomposed further um and it drew more attention than what it did uh i don't understand how they didn't call his parents and say you know he missed school he missed he missed third and fourth period he missed the game um, that no one called his parents to say, hey, we haven't seen Kendrick. Um, that is a very serious breach. I don't understand why he's... No one alerted the family. 
Um, I don't, like, I get that, yes, he might have stashed his shoes in there or gear in there in the past, but I don't get why he would dive in. Why wouldn't he just kind of move the mat and then stand it back up if he needed to? Or, like, angle the mat um, on, you know how, like, you, you know, it's standing vertical. So, like, why not lift it up enough so you can kick the shoe out from underneath it and then put the mat back down? And then I'm like, if it's heavy, why not just push it over? Like, what are you going to do? And I can't help but feel like if the the cop saw the shoe there, um, why isn't anyone else like, oh, shit, there's a shoe here. Like, why is there a shoe here? Like, wouldn't a teacher walk up and be like, hello, anyone here? Does this shoe belong to anyone? Um... I might as well take it to the lost and found bin when they shut up the school. Like, does that not happen? I Please feel free to let me know if, like, no one actually checks rooms and school rooms before they lock everything up for the evening, I guess you could say. Um, and again, like, he's a, he's a... I don't want to say he's a massive kid, but he's a, he's a strong kid, right? How does he fit in... Why would he think to, to reach in the tube... Because you'd, you'd assume that the shoes didn't fall all the way down or something like that. Is that what we're to assume? That they were kind of bunched in the middle somewhere and they didn't fall all the way down? I don't know. And he was like trying to fish him out and then him going in displaced the shoes to the bottom. But then why wouldn't he just be like, oh, fuck it, and knock over the whole mat and then pull it out from the other end? To me, I, it just doesn't add up. Um, but again, I please let me know what you guys think, where you guys stand on this case. I will link Kendrick's memorial Facebook page. Um, please be warned, the graphic photos are the banner on the page. So as soon as you load that up, you're going to see it. So if you are quite, um, if those things aren't something you want to look at, please be warned. Uh, I will obviously, please, if you haven't already, sign the petition. I'll have it linked down below. Um, I will set up a Google alert so and keep you guys updated on the um, progress of the not only the um, case itself and if anything comes out of this petition uh, I think it's really really important I'm just going to refresh the page right now so I can give you the most up-to-date signings um, whilst they're asking for a million signings they currently have over 841,281 signatures uh, it's absolutely crazy uh, thank you to Jay Holden who actually started this petition. Um, it's been open for five months. Like how scary is that? And only reached a quarter of a million, uh, three quarters of a million subscribers ten hours ago. So um, hashtag Jay for Kendrick, and let's hope that the Supreme Court <sighs> reopens his case. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, again, I wanted to have an episode this week and over the coming weeks so we can draw more attention to these petitions and hopefully get some more people who otherwise wouldn't have heard of the case to sign um thank you to everyone who's protesting please stay safe uh it's very hard to do now times nowadays um and i you know hope to hear from you and yeah it's just absolutely crazy and to think that in this day and age, there's we're on the they're on the the USA is on the brink of a second civil war over something that 
white people couldn't understand they're not supreme about to begin with and people can't understand that doesn't matter the color of your skin where you grew up where you're from where your family originated from where you originated from what you've done in your life that you should have equal rights in everything as to someone else and there's nothing else you can do and the fact that people have to actually go to petitions and risk themselves their health there are people that are getting blinded by the police who are not using right control methods and gear in the appropriate way are losing their eyes literally have to have their eyes removed that are being beaten and bullied and we he's i've read a story about a 10 year old girl having to get maced like you're an adult grown male and you think a 10 year old child regardless of it being a boy or a girl is such a danger to you that you decide to mace a child absolutely despicable anyway i will leave you with that thank you so much for listening everyone please be sure to sign the petition share it around with your friends if you're unable to donate to any of the uh, to any of the bail funds or anything like that any of the donation centers please just share the petitions around um buy from black creators and black business owners and if this isn't enough to make things change nothing will and um with that i will leave you and i shall hear from you guys well you guys shall hear from me next week thank you so much guys and um i guess we can all hope for a better world